Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the IA Cast. This is episode 87, and I'm Michael Doeys, and we're back from convention with all kinds of stories and interesting stuff to talk about. So, with me today, we have Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. Scott Van Gorp. Hello. Chelsea Page. Hello. And Anna Trotman. Hello. We had others from our group that uh, went to convention, but they were not able to join us tonight. So we're, we're sad that we couldn't get the whole crew of folks that are on the podcast that typically go to a convention that are here. But we got as many as we could. Anna, where's your harmonica? <laughs> For anyone wanting to reference that, Growl. go back to podcast 85. <laughs> and the outtake show which is now live show. folks if you want to laugh if you want to laugh uh, i believe that i got almost everybody on our podcast team with at least one outtake and some more than others <laughs> me pointing at me michael jason Aaliyah. <clears throat> what oh and allison <laughs> well allison did have a couple oh, yes. she had and some I of the best ones had a couple of outtakes Mm. The words pecan pie come to mind. Or Hamilton Beach. Uh, All right. Hamilton Thank Beach. You, Michael. That's where I was going. Thank All right. You, Without so, any s- more spoilers. <laughs> right. You'll have to listen to the show. <laughs> it was very good. All right. So we, since we recorded last, we have quite a bit of news. Apple has released new Macs, new MacBook Pros. Very exciting stuff. I want, I want, I want. Anybody got $6,000 I can borrow? Right. and I want the specced out one. And that is the most customized MacBook Pro. What, four terabytes of SSD? Yes, four terabytes of SSD and 32 gigabytes of RAM. Which, Ooh. finally, that's a respectable amount of RAM in a Pro machine. Apple didn't used to do that, folks. Well... Actually, they did. There was just one or two years where 16 was the limit, and now they finally are up to 32 again. 32. But that's, that's the reason some Mac users have gone to Windows, because they, they could not deal with a 16-gig machine. Right. But I now, have a Windows computer with 64 gigs. Now I kind of want that in my Mac. They have fixed that. They have 32 gigs. And four terabytes, so it's a respectable machine. It's all USB-C still, and still the same keyboard that we love to hate. But Dongleville. Dongleville, yes. But in saying that, we're actually seeing more and more devices that are not uh, that are not USB-A anymore. So they're USB-C. So I think you know graphics cards. I think that's kind of where the aim was: was that the external graphics cards they run better as USB-C. And the nice thing about USB-C is but, they're smaller, and a lot of Android phones are USB-C as well. Pardon me while I whine, but I want my USB-A and my freaking SD card slot, Apple. I do think that was te- the worst thing they could do, taking out the SD card slot. No external card readers now. No USB CD drives unless you have a dongle. I, I mean... You- I bet they do have a, a external uh, card reader that you could get for it with USB-C. Probably, but just I don't want to have a little red wagon full of dongles and peripherals for my computer. It's supposed <laughs> right. to be portable. Right. And if you're doing audio editing or that sort of thing, if you need to plug in a USB headset, you have to have USB-A dongles for that, so... Uh, even Apple's or a mixer? Beats, if you want to plug them in, uh, you need that to Wait, charge what? them. To charge the beats. Oh, to charge them. I yes. was like, what are you talking about? So, the rest of you guys, what are your thoughts on the new Macs? Silence from the Windows crowd. <laughs> if, I mean, it sounds very awesome with all the. The four terabyte SSD and the 32 gigs, but I just, I don't know much about the Mac side of things, so 
But going based off of the memory, it sounds like a really awesome machine. I like the memory and the SSD, but like you said, Aaliyah, I don't I would not like to carry around other devices and peripherals just to be plugged into it. I think for what a Mac is capable of, those are great specs, but it just seems that Apple is falling behind in overall versatility. Windows right now is really regaining the traction that it once had. That's just sad. Very, very sad. Yeah, I mean, I do wish, I mean, I just got a Surface Book 2, which I'll talk about later, but, you know, there's no, there's no audio hijack. There's no, I mean, I know there's equivalents, but it just seems like the Mac did so well with the programs that it has. And so I kind of... No logic. Yeah, no logic. There's no logic in having no logic. Um, but <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not the same. And now, I mean, Windows does have Reaper, Goldwave, and, and all these other sound programs that are really good and cheaper, by the way. Uh, but I think that... It's a shame that we're seeing the degradation of the Mac. Now, with that said, the iMacs, I think, are still the premier Apple Pro machines. Absolutely. Well, Michael, you were telling me about the displays at the Apple Store and how it was very mobile-centric. Didn't you say? Like, they were, there were all these Macs on one table and then iPads right. everywhere. Huge focus on iPads at the Apple Store here in Austin, in South Austin. There was two tables for iPads, iPad Pros. And there was maybe two tables for Macs, but where there used to be a table for MacBook Pros and a table for MacBook Airs and MacBooks, they kind of have, have them. I saw a MacBook Pro next to a MacBook Air next to a MacBook, and that's so strange. So I kind of feel like there's a degradation on the, on the smaller end, uh, smaller sized Max. Yeah, that's unfortunate. All right. In some other news, Ira at the conventions gave us a plethora of things to talk about and different ways to do so. So I will let one of you guys talk about all the new Ira features that were announced. So essentially, your first major feature was Ira messages, which allow you now to call an agent with a pre-written message. And also there will soon be a way for you to chat back and forth with an agent via text. So really beneficial for students in the classroom or people in a meeting who still need Ira to describe something, but who can't talk. Ira Live was also introduced, which allows the explorer to share their Ira call either with a public audience or a private audience with a link. There is now a live tab in the Ira app. Third, Ira announced a partnership with Intuit that would allow self-employed business owners to get business-related tasks like sorting receipts and things like that um, as free Ira minutes. So those are just a few things that were announced. Um, to get the full interview that I did with Greg you can go to our website at iAccessibility.net or look in the free iAccessibility app. You will find our convention coverage there. Wasn't there also an announcement of Ira Two-Way, I believe it was called, where a person... That That's is what I was talking about. Well, there's the Ira... chatting back and oh, forth. okay, yeah. Okay. Yep. That's not a thing yet, but it is it's not. coming. Right, Okay. And did any of you guys see an email from the CEO of Ira? Yes. About? No. There was an apology from the CEO of Ira. 
today. Talking about... For what? Talking about that they have not been on top of support and answering questions and staying with, uh, you know, up to date on things with customers. And they so... They haven't. And, and yes, They've they have been haven't. dropping the ball. And so one of the things that... And, and uh, if you're an explorer, you should have this email. But one of the things that was announced is that they are working on a self-service website for your profile, your plan, and other information that you can oh, see. Oh, thank which God. Which is needed, especially if they intend to go to, uh, I know they're in the UK, but other parts of Europe for GDPR. Uh, um, yes. You know, compliance. Finally, because of their international presence in mm -hmm. Europe, Australia, New Zealand... Canada, et cetera, et cetera. This is something that is sorely needed. This is something that I've been clamoring for ever since I subscribed to the service last year. Self-service is better service. Uh -huh. Also, what I would really love to see, and this hit home for me on the way back from convention, would be a 24-hour service because... My flight was at 6.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, or Daylight Time, whichever we're in. I don't know. Eastern Time. And there was no IRA in the airport. And, yes, I could make it through the airport independently myself. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it would have been so beneficial to have been able to go through the regular security line. Of course, I tried, and I got dragged over to the special line by an assistant who thought she knew better than I did about my needs. But um, I would have been able to get through faster and not had to struggle a little bit and I really hope this was also the case in the Orlando airport where I was exhausted didn't really you know didn't really want to take assistance but we got in it gosh what was it Michael three in the morning three thirty yeah it was it would have been nice morning. to have Ira to get us to baggage claim rather than having to deal with somebody who he was the person was pushing someone else in a wheelchair and it was just kind of a wreck. So it would have been nice to have. There has been a job requisition posted for overnight agents. So that is something that they are working on. And I, I hope that we can get this by the end of the year, if not sooner. And that was well, I wonder also... If there... Go ahead. I wonder if there is a way to get agents from other countries... Where, because they're doing work from home anyway, so why don't they, I mean, I guess there's probably extra paperwork and tax stuff and things to be worked out, but it would be nice if, you know, people from the UK or people, like, you know, people from the UK, their day, their early morning is when we're asleep, so... You know, or people from New Zealand or wherever. They still speak see, English, but... I can see your point. In looking at the posting, it does very clearly state uh, U.S. Oh. And I do Probably know... Probably for tax reasons. I do know. Well, and there's security reasons, too, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, the email that was sent out by the IRA CEO, I can never remember his name. Uh, Suman. Yep. Suman. Yep. He, he stated that uh, they are looking, they're doing a huge hiring push to help with those issues. So that's very exciting. Yeah. They certainly have because I, over the past few days, and we'll talk more about it later, but I haven't gotten the same agent twice in at least a week and a half. Me either, actually. There's a lot of new agents. One, The poor guy who tried to help me last week, uh, his team viewer was broken. He was brand new, and his team viewer wasn't working yet, and I needed help with a printer driver. And 
he he couldn't help, but I got another guy that I never had, so it was cool. That's exciting. All right, let's move on to our next news topic because we're still in the news, folks, so we've we've got a lot since we recorded last, right? For sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so Next up is something pretty exciting for Newsline users that was announced at the NFB conference, and that is K, some features of KNFB Reader are being added to the Newsline app. So you will be able to scan documents and read them in the Newsline app for free as long as you're a Newsline user. What are your thoughts on this? I like it, but, like, I... I don't know. Those things just don't seem to go together very well. I think it's great that it's available, but I'm wondering if the better option wouldn't have been to offer a standalone app with limited functionality for Newsline subscribers. Because I think that app is already kind of full and a funky interface anyway. So adding new features like KNFB Reader... They just don't seem to fit in that app, but maybe like a limited functionality KNFB Reader app with a login might be better. I don't know. I agree. Um, Because if you think about it, on that app already, you've got the news, you've got weather, you've got TV listings, um, and the PSA, not the PSA, the... um, where states can post their announcements. Yeah. And so that's a lot of stuff already bundled in one app. Well, then it makes sense to be together because your mm-hmm. newspaper is going to have all that. But your newspaper right. doesn't have a book in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, it just seems a little odd to me. I can see both sides to that coin. A separate app would probably be beneficial, more beneficial in a lot of cases. Um, I think what they're trying to do is get some of the KNFB Reader functionality, at least the basics, out to those who may not necessarily be able to afford the full app. What I don't want to see is people using the functionality of KNFB Reader being built into Newsline as a disincentive to get the full power of the app because there are still a lot of things that the app will do that this will not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yes. uh, I just, I just, it's, it's, I have mixed, mixed feelings about how this is going to incorporate I think what they need to focus on first before they do this, they've been promising for over a year the NFB Newsline skill for Alexa. Let's get that thing off the ground. Out of I beta. I agree with Scott. It needs to get out of beta and get out to the uh, Echo products. Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about that skill, actually. Me too. I feel like I would use it more, though, if I could have the Echo reading stuff. Yeah. I would so definitely use it more. I forget mm-hmm. that it's on my phone, honestly, and I don't want to be calling mm-hmm. in and using up minutes or what have you, you know. But I I forget the apps there. Mm-hmm. My my thing about KNFB Reader, I, I have mixed opinions about the actual software itself. So... You know, we have Seeing AI. We have all of these other solutions. And I, I think it's a good thing for Newsline folks. But I think $100 is a little expensive. And when there's other programs that can do nearly as good a job, if not the same quality, uh, you know, with Prismo, there's Office Lens. But- but the, the thing about KNFB Reader is it, it ha- it's a niche product. And 
I think it's good for folks to try out some of the others along with instead of paying because a lot of folks can't pay that much. So I, I got my KNFB reader when it was $20. I would never have paid $100 for it. Here's my problem with that statement. KNFB Reader processes documents in multiple languages. KNFB Reader does batch file processing. It does PDF scanning and image scanning for text. It has a file explorer that's easily usable. You can save and export your files. It has a multi-column versus single-column view for scanning. It does a bit more. Um, yes. Now, I'm, I'm not saying by any stretch, what is the app that I use to read my mail? Seeing AI, top of the list, by far. But I think for a book, for a large, important document that you need a very good scan of, KNFB would be top of my list. Now, in saying that, I do know other apps like Prismo and Seeing AI and all those will do... Uh, batch processing and PDF image conversion as well. So, you know, they do take a little more training to get used to if you're a voiceover user, but they are alternatives. And that, that's, you know, I think KNFB Reader provides an easy interface, which going back to the topic at hand, I don't know that the user is going to get with the Newsline uh, variant because... You have this neat feature embedded in an app, like you said, Leah, that's full of stuff. I was joking earlier, and I said, what are we going to call it, KNFB Newsline Reader? <laughs> um, it just feels tacked on. It doesn't feel like it fits. I think it's great. For people to have free access to a really nice scanning tool that, I'm sorry, I think does a better job in a still image scan than mm -hmm. any of the rest of them. Now, Seeing AI has it beat because it can do constant scanning. It can do that short text feature where you can just hold it up and it will read. But that short text feature comes with consequences in that you move the phone a half an inch and the thing rescans. And you also have the issue of the, the accuracy is not as good. It's great, but it's not. I can get a perfect scan or near perfect scan of a document if I take my time with it with KNFB Reader. I can't do that with seeing AI. Right. And you know, I've used KNFB Reader whenever I first went to work for somewhere. I was given, like, five file folders full of papers. And they were like, how are you going to read these? And so I just pulled out my phone with KNFB Reader and started scanning. And it, like you said, only it gave me an almost perfect image of the papers. And they were completely readable. Now, now, what I'll give Seeing AI is the handwriting recognition. I that won't give nice. you that. Yes. Now, one of the things that I like about, uh, I don't know if you guys have used Office Lens, it has a, when you scan with that, and I think, I don't know if Seeing AI does this in the document view, but typically Microsoft OCR will scan a document and attempt to put it into the format that it was scanned in. So it'll use headings, it will use, uh, uh, it'll use centering, bold text, font sizes, and I think that's really a nice addition, and I kind of wish KNFB would do that as well. So, you know, to summarize, I think it's cool that they're doing this for Newsline members, but I, I just, like, Aaliyah said, I just don't know if it's going to be, if people are going to use it. I mean, they might use it if they're advanced iOS users, but I think it will be a little complicated. But we need to go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is an announcement from Microsoft, which is very, very exciting, I think. Microsoft has announced a new tablet called the Surface Go. 
this Surface device is priced at $350 and it's the size of an iPad. But it's but running Windows iPads 10. iPads are still better. Oh, I don't know. I think this is... My iPad Pro, I think, could whip up on a Surface Go. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, let The Surface Go is not to compare with the iPad Pro. It can, but it's at the actually at the same price point as, as the lower-end iPad, and it does a lot more, if you ask me. What Will you stop it? You used this? to be such a fanboy. I know. I used to be such an Apple fan, but Microsoft has brought, brought out some good products. And now that the active standby or modern standby, as they call it, will support Spotify and Apple Music playback while locked, it's a competitor. I'm I mean, join the fanboy club. The speakers. I'm desperately holding on to my fanboy status. You mean fangirl status? Well, yes. The reason why I think this thing is really cool is because it is the size of an iPad. It has, it supports, I don't remember if it comes with a Surface Pen or the keyboard. It looks like it comes with a case. I'm not sure. But it has the, you know, it has 64 gigs of space, 4 gigs of RAM, which is nothing to sneeze at on a mobile device. I don't think it would hold up to JAWS really well. But I, I think for some users, it would be a, a worthy device. What, do you, what are y'all's thoughts? I think you've just hit on it, Michael, with the accessibility market, uh, especially with a screen reader. This very well may not be the answer for a lot of us. But depending on how it holds, with magnification, it's a possibility. Well, I think it would run NVDA or definitely Narrator, but I think JAWS would have a, be, a bit of an issue. You bring up a good point with Narrator. It, it should definitely be able to handle that. But I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't run NVDA. I think it's a less of a memory-intensive screen reader than JAWS is. Am I correct? If you don't put a bunch of add-ons, I'm sure. All right. So that's going to be priced, I believe, around 350 350 in U.S. And I believe it'll be out in August. Does, does that sound right, guys? We know that pre-orders are underway. I haven't actually seen the launch date myself. I haven't either. No, I haven't either. All right, so that's the news for today. And now we have our break that uh, we do each time. And we want to talk about our uh, training program. Uh, we have not talked about that in quite a while, but we still have our training program. In fact, we, uh, I just saw an email that we have new training hours today that was requested. So yay, awesomeness. Yay. So Good stuff. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, folks always requesting training, and we offer training on several different areas. And, uh, you know, you could get training in iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, a very wide range of training areas. And training is $18 an hour. And actually, Aaliyah is the person that handles all the assignments of training to folks. So uh, Aliyah does an amazing job with that. So if you request training hours, you will go through her to figure out who your training train your trainer will be. So if you want to sign up for training, head to iaccessibility.net slash training and read through what we offer and the pricing. And remember that if you're a new student, your first hour is free. The other thing that we're excited about is we have a new help desk, and you can sign up for hours on that at iaccessibility.net, and basically it allows you to call in and get technical support on any issue, 
And you could learn more about our IA help desk at the, our website at iaccessibility.net. All right, so to our main topic for today. We all here just got back from the National Federation of the Blind conference a week ago, uh, the 2018 convention in Orlando. And as usual, it was an amazing, a really amazing conference. And uh, the, the thing about the conference that I hate is leaving because I miss all of my good friends and, and people that I meet at conventions. So in other words, I miss you guys. <laughs> but you know, that's one of the things that we all go to learn, to get information, and to network. So I want to go around and get people's opinions of why you go to conventions. So, Scott, how about you? What is what is the reason why you go to convention? Why do you love it? And uh, you know all that. First and foremost just getting a chance to meet with people and talk about everyone's experiences with the Federation and with life in general. Uh, the tech was a, a big highlight for me this year, uh, especially the IRA stuff, which again, I'll mention later. Always exciting to see what different vendors have going on, whether it's VFO Group or the other assistive tech software and hardware folks. It's always interesting to hear who has what and when can we get our hands on it. There was, were a few things unveiled this year, particularly in the Braille display space that definitely sound intriguing. Uh, I didn't personally go shopping for any of that this year, but next year, who knows? All right. So, Aaliyah, what, what drives you to convention and why do you love it? What drives me to convention, well, I have many duties as a, mem as a member of the board of directors of the National Association of Guide Dog Users, so... I'm at conventions as often as I can be, but more than that, too, is the technology, all of the various uh, seminars, and uh, all. The, I just love walking into the exhibit hall, and it's kind of neat just to stand still and listen to all of the stuff. Well, it's neat to do that while your back is against a wall so somebody doesn't slam into you from all sides, but... Um, you, it's it's neat to just to just listen and to just walk around and oftentimes you find that the things that interest you most in the exhibit hall aren't the ones you knew about coming in they're the ones you stumble across and it's really awesome um, the there's an interview that we're about to post from way around which is a a very interesting product that you will have to stay tuned to find out about. But we literally just stumbled on this guy. We didn't know what this company was. We saw the name in the exhibitor list, but we didn't know. So it's really neat. It's those little known gems that are often probably the most intriguing parts of the exhibit hall and convention in general. You just never know what you're going to run into. Or who? Mm -hmm. So, Chelsea, what brings you to convention when you go? What What is the exciting thing about it for you? Well, as Scott and Aaliyah have both said, the technology. I love, love, love looking to see what else is out there. Now, I did not get to do a whole lot of exhibit hall exploring this year. Um, but um, next year, who knows? The exhibit hall is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to find inside. So anyway, but that's, that's the main thing. And then the seminars, like I went to just various seminars for educators for, and they're just always so informative. And even at those, it, 
some of them are technology seminars. Some of them may have be showcasing a piece of technology. So yeah, and it's about networking and meeting other Federationists and hearing their stories, as well as reconnecting with friends and people you haven't seen in gosh knows how long. Say so that's I try not to miss a convention. I missed one out of I've started going to them back in two thousand six, and I've missed one. Wow, I didn't realize that. Whoa, that's amazing. All right. So, Anna, what is the big driving force for you to go to convention? Well, like everybody else has said, um, for me, for convention this year, it was work slash um, vacation. So I mainly went to see what new Braille displays were out and all other technology. Um, I also like to go to convention to meet new people and um, network and see old friends. Okay. For me, it's all about the technology and the networking. Uh, I am a attender of each convention. doesn't matter the organization, but most of my friends go to this one, to NFB, so I'm there. And I, I love the technology. I love the new products, and I love to see what people do with them. I remember when the Orbit Reader 20 came out, and you could tell when people had them in division meetings because you could hear the clicking back in 2017. And it's just oh, interesting. Yes. Just interesting oh, to yep. see uh, what people get and how they use it. And networking with people and seeing how people work at these things. You know, believe it or not, as much as we talk about technology on this podcast, NFB is not all about technology. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, you know, uh, what Aaliyah goes to with Nagdu and others. It's very all-inclusive, which is amazing. I know I kind of stay towards one quadrant of what goes on with, you know, staying in technology, but if you like a lot of other things, go to those division meetings and, and enjoy all that. You know, Aliyah mentioned the, you know, finding these gems in the exhibit hall, and I happened upon one that we will have an interview with up pretty soon from Low Vision Aid slash Patriot Vision Industries, where a gentleman named John Palmer made these glasses out of a Samsung uh, Galaxy S8 or an S-Phone. I'm pretty sure it's an S8. And the Galaxy Gear VR. And it has allowed me to see so much more than I have ever been able to see. And we happened upon his booth, or I found his booth on accident because Aaliyah was talking to Seeing Eye. And they were right next door. So it's amazing what you'll find. And like I said, we'll have an interview with John on the IA cast. And we also have a blog post uh, in the iAccessibility report talking about the glasses as well. So we are going to have a lot of content. We're going to work pretty closely with them at, uh, with John and we love his products. So uh, you'll learn more about that on that interview. So stay tuned for that. But it's NFB is just such an amazing conference. So, what were y'all's opinions of the general session this year? It's interesting to see what changes every year and what doesn't really change. The format of the sessions really hasn't changed over quite a few years, but the, the speakers and what they bring to each of the sessions definitely refreshes it year after year, especially when it came to the technology presentation on uh, Friday into Saturday. 
there was a lot of excitement around parts of it and not so much around other parts, but it was based on, on people's perceptions. It's amazing to watch, just sit in general session and do some people watching. You get a good sense of what people are really in tune to. And, you know, of course, the Saturday afternoon sessions are usually pretty straightforward and pretty scripted with the Blatton Awards and Dr. Kurzweil doing his thing. And, of course, Banquet, you know, being what Banquet is on the last day. But it's interesting to see when the general sessions are put together what fresh perspective gets put out there each year. For me, I always love the presidential report. And I think it really is energizing to me to sit there and listen to what we've done in the last year and how how we've transformed the lives of people and done some educational things that will really change how people view you know blind people and it's it's just an epic adrenaline rush you know it, and it it really does help you to you know, to keep up the fight, because some days it's hard. You know, the technology stuff was, was really neat, and uh, I didn't catch much of it, but I plan to go back and listen later, because I didn't end up going to banquet. But I am told and heard a bit that President Riccobono did one whale of a banquet address. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I cannot wait to hear that. I know it's up. At least the text of it is up on the site and I cannot wait to hear that that was by far the best banquet address that I have heard in person you put that side by side with the presidential report and that basically makes your convention right there mm -hmm. I, I would almost go to say in all the conventions I have been to that was one of the best banquet speeches I've ever heard. And, you know, as far as general session goes, I feel like it's kind of like, it's just a re-energizing experience. It's, when you leave general session, you're like, okay, this is, this is what I do. It, making sure that I, as, as well as helping others, have accessibility and get what they need and that kind of thing. As people have said prior to, it's, it's always interesting to watch the other individuals and how they're perceived that are speaking and stuff. Um, so that's kind of my view on it. Very, very good this year. And the welcome ceremonies, I have to bring that up. That was awesome. The um, barbershop quartets. And just, I thought that was a very good, very, very well put together welcome ceremony. All right. I got to brag on that for just a second. Iowa, Florida, and Virginia, the three host affiliates this year brought it from yes, the welcome ceremony yes, from the welcome ceremony to apple to app that night to the information table to the welcomes uh, the uh, affiliate suite uh, probably one of the best overall affiliate hosting setups I think I've ever seen it's going to be very very tough to top that it is. Well, the question I have, honestly, is, you know, next year the convention is going to be in Vegas. And, you know, that hotel and the whole strip is so big. I wonder how many people are actually going to get 
be able to, for one, get back to general session after going out of the hotel, and how many of them will want to go back to general session? <laughs> <laughs> well, to answer your question, Michael, about next year, um, people are just going to have to play in yeah. and <laughs> maybe bring um, lunches or something with them and plan ahead and make sure that they know where some stuff is for general session. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, there I, has been talk about next, next year's convention already on social media and those aspects of it. I've heard about that. Uh, I do want to hear your, your thoughts on, on uh, what we're talking about, but you know, the, the other thing is to, you know, I, I think it would be good for folks to go down a few days early to Vegas and actually get some IRA or O&M done. That way people are acclimated. I mean, I feel like even I with some vision are, am going to have to do that. But uh. It would be a good idea for uh, people to go a day or two early and get acclimated to the hotel so that they will know where things are in 2019 in Las Vegas. All right. So did anybody walk out of the hotel with new tech? I got the new Horizon kit. Me Scott too. Scott and I and Aaliyah and Michael. Yes, Didn't you get we, it, Michael? We, we all got Horizon. So this we is... We all got that. Yep. We, we got those and... So, what are y'all's opinions of these classes? I mean, we're, we'll we'll talk more about them in other podcasts, but were they Shut useful them. to you at convention? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Definitely. You know, NFB is a uh, site access location, so it's you know you can use them there, and you know the. We even did an unboxing of the Horizon glasses, so that's, the, and that has not been posted, correct, guys? Correct. Yeah, that will be one of our NFB coverage shows that will be coming up soon, so uh, keep tuned in for that. We have a lot of content that came out of NFB. It's kind of awesome. All right, so do you guys have any final thoughts you want to talk about about convention? I think we've talked quite a bit about that. I just want to say that, you know, I got my glasses. I was able to look out windows and see more than I've seen. You know, I've done some binaural recordings in the hotel and got to really experience more than I've ever experienced at that hotel before with these glasses and, and, and other things. And, I can't wait to see everybody in Vegas. So with that being said, does anybody have any final thoughts or comments or anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up? General session attendance is going to be so low next year. (laughs) (laughs) From the east part, from the east side of the country, it will. No, I mean, general session, not convention itself. Yes. You know where everybody's going to be? In the freaking casinos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which there brings up that. another point. I wonder how accessible um, those machines are. Like, I just kind of wonder how that's going to go. Or, you bring up a good point for 2019. Right. Absolutely. Right? You know, Chelsea mentioned the accessibility of the machines. Are you talking about, like, at the casinos? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, think about this. Yes. You know, a lot of blind people are going to try to bring Ira into the casinos, which the rule is no cameras. Oh. Yep. No cameras. <laughs> and they... Sure. And, casino, and casinos are sticklers on no cameras. They are. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's going to be very interesting to see how 
That's going to go. <laughs> right. As far as the convention from 2018, the one thing that we haven't touched on yet that I know we mentioned in our convention pre-show on Podcast 85, or IACast 85, rather, is the iAccessibility meetups that we had. I don't know about the rest of you, but I had a great time at the ones that I attended, got to meet some really cool folks, and one of our loyal listeners and one of our, our loyal community members won a Google Home Mini. Yes, indeed. We did a random drawing for people that made it to our meetups, and we gave away a Google Home Mini, and that was really exciting. So uh, we had a few people turn up, and we hope to have more of a turnout next year at conventions. So, yeah, very exciting. And we had three meetups, uh, one that Monday, the Wednesday, and the Saturday morning. So we took a corner of the deli by storm. Yes, we did. <laughs> we had to take two tables at one point. On Saturday, yes. And Saturday was the one I was kind of skeptical. Like, are we going to have that good of a turnout on a Saturday morning? And we did. It was it was amazing. I was just mad because the one time I wanted to go swimming, it rained. Oh, yeah. The thunderstorm during Friday general session was epic. It was epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely used the weather apps to keep track of that one. You know, each each of these conventions, you know, we got to meet some amazing people. You know, I finally got to meet Rich in 2017, and that was awesome. You know, we, we discovered the Hookverse and met with uh, Anthony from Hook Audio. And this year... We got to meet with some more technology vendors and do interviews. So it was really amazing. I got to go to AT Guys' table, see the new Trex Titanium Air, which was really cool. You know, Google. I even got a Microsoft keychain. Yay. And, uh, you know, they were giving out all kinds of stuff. And all the exhibitors were there that you would expect. Amazon was there with their new TVs. So it was really amazing. It, it's kind of like CSUN, but for products that are out. And I love it. it it's all great. Uh, general mm-hmm. session was good, the parts that I went to. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, you bring up a good point, Michael. Um, 2017 was actually when Scott and I met at convention through rich so yep he yeah rich can be blamed for so much stuff it's hilarious. oh yes he can <laughs> rich was such an amazing person because he had the ability to bring people together in in ways that you wouldn't expect you know we we got to meet a lot of other folks through rich and man his braille rants were epic they were. <laughs> they were. Absolutely. Uh, Rich was part of the iAccessibility management team and actually did several of our early demo casts. So you can go back and uh, listen to Rich be awesome at what he does and talk about different products. So His presence was still there. Oh, yeah. His presence was there in... S- in spirit, and he was flying high in that sky, drooling, o- drooling over all the technology that he would love to have his hands on. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, does anybody have any final thoughts before we wrap up? All right. Well, I guess not. So mm-hmm. we're going to go back to our traditional format of uh, our picks of the week. And 
uh, where people can be found online. So let's start with Scott. What is your pick of the week, and where can you be found online? We've been teasing my pick of the week all episode, and that is the Horizon Glasses from Ira. I was one of, as a matter of fact, three of us, Aaliyah, Michael, and I were among the first 200 to register for them, and due to some other circumstances, Chelsea was able to pick hers up as well, which was totally awesome. But the technology that Horizon brings is an absolute game changer. The repurposed Samsung J7 that is the Horizon controller that Chloe runs on does so many different things and has so many other updates that will be coming that will truly make it a great uh, AI platform to work off of. In conjunction with the glasses, what the agents are able to see with the 120 degree view is absolutely spectacular. One agent uh, last week described it as being able to look all the way around to a person's nine o'clock position as well as uh, vertically. And it's, it's incredible what, what these agents are, are seeing in so many different directions, unlike what they could do with the Google Glasses or the Austria. It's really enhanced the IRA service and has taken it to a whole new level. So it's been great to work with this week and, and even in uh, convention and the week after that. As far as where people can get in touch with me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can send me an email at scott at iAccessibility.net. You can also follow me on Twitter at Scott Van Gorp. And you can search for me on Facebook. Just search for Scott Heidi Van Gorp. All right. Anna, what is your pick this week, and where can people find you online? Uh, my pick for this week is the Braille Me. It is a new 20 so Braille display that's made in India, but is being distributed by the National Braille, Pla National Braille Press in the United States. It is 20 cells. It has cursor router buttons. It has a translator in it. The only negative about it is that the only screen reader, screen reader that it works with right now is MBDA. It's not working with JAWS yet. It is retailed at $4.99, but with shipping and handling, it's $525. It's a good little braille, dis braille display if you want something to go with your phone or just... Uh, Go around. You can use it um, with your phone or by itself to read books and stuff like that. Um, people can find me uh, online um, through Twitter at TrotmanAnna3 or on Facebook at Anna Trotman. All right. Aliyah, what is your pick and where can people find you? My pick for this week is a new game that has give has gotten some criticism from the blind community, but I'm still going to pick it. It is Echoes from Leviah. This is a new audio game. It is 23 US dollars. Um you can purchase it for Mac, iOS, Windows, or Android. And it is an audio adventure game. Uh something that I've been waiting for for a while. It leaves a little to be desired. I have to admit that it's not... Um, it's not Papa Sangre level. But it is a start, folks. It is something that we have been waiting on for years and years and years. Um, and so I think we should give this thing a chance. Support the developers. Give them feedback politely. Um, it's kind of sad that I have to say that, but I know some people... And, uh, you know, go play it and give your honest impressions. It 
it really is interesting. It's kind of a a hybrid between the Inquisitor audio game and a blind legend. Um, the combat leaves quite a bit to be desired. That That's one thing that I'm frustrated about. Um, I really wish it was more of an open field, uh, moving targets kind of thing, but it's not. Um, it's more like a blind legend, but you, and you can't move when you're fighting, unfortunately. Is it like turn-based? So, yes, very much. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, yes and no, because you can parry as the attack's coming at you. But we have it, so you should play it. And we're going to be doing a game cast of it. I need to put that on our list of projects. But, uh, yeah, so if you want to find me, you can do so. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iaccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter at blindcowgirl199. All right. Chelsea, what is your pick for this week, and where can people find you? My pick for this week is Current City. And um, I found it very handy as I've been doing a lot of traveling lately, and it's just very, very awesome to be able to open the app, see where I'm at, and then even save it so that I can look back at all the different cities that I've been to. So that's my pick of the week, and it's just a very awesome app. So I recommend if you don't have it, go get it. And people can find me producing content for iAccessibility. They can email me at Chelsea, that's C-H-E-L-S-E-A, at iAccessibility.net. They can find me on Twitter at Chelsea P. Zero eight, or they can find me on Facebook. Just search for Chelsea Page. All right, so my pick of the week is the Surface Book 2. I've owned a Surface Book, and that's why we didn't do an unbox cast of this. But I purchased a Surface Book 2 last week to replace my gaming laptop, The Beast. It is uh, falling apart, and it's showing its age. The headphone jack doesn't work. Part of the fan grill came off and the case is coming up from the back so it's starting to to show its age and it's not travel worthy anymore it'll still be used at home but it's retired unfortunately it's it's uh it's life and service is over so now i have the surface book 2 which has a better graphics card it has a hard drive that's 512 gigs of SSD, and it's a tablet and a computer at 15 inches. I usually like a 15-inch or a 17-inch gaming machine, but this doubles as both a developer machine and a gaming machine. So I'm really excited about it, and it is a tablet and a laptop in one where the tablet detaches. And this thing, folks, really competes with my MacBook Pro. Yes, I know I'm a terrible Apple fan for saying so, but it really comes close. And so I could do almost everything I can on my Mac on here, except for have such an awesome podcast workflow that I'm using right now and programming apps for iOS. So, you know, those are going to be some things I always use a Mac for. But, you know, with Apple removing 32-bit app support and... A lot of apps being used are still 32-bit. It's going to be interesting after next year. So I love this laptop. It's great. works really well. They are pricey. The one I purchased is around $3,000. I got it on Amazon for $2,500. So I got a good discount from Amazon. And I hope everybody found some good Prime Day deals, because we certainly did. We'll talk about those next time. But the Surface Book 2 has USB-A and C ports, unlike the Mac, and it has headphone jack. Does not have an HDMI port, which makes me very sad face. So I'm actually going to have to get a USB-C to HDR to uh, yeah, HDMI 
to play games on my big screen TV, which is kind of it's kind of a, a not my favorite thing. So that's just what it is. Otherwise, though, best screen on the market, great tablet, fair audio, but uh, you know it does everything you need it to do. So, with that being said, you could find me producing content for iAccessibility. You could find me on Twitter at Mike Doeys. I'm on Facebook. Just search for Michael Doeys. You can email me at Mike Doeys at iAccessibility.net. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. And you could go to my webpage at MichaelDoeys.com. All right. If you'd like to find iAccessibility, you can at iAccessibility.net. We are iAccessibility1 on Twitter. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search for iAccessibility. You can find all of our content in the iAccessibility app and in iTunes and TuneIn and all over the place. And we have some new channels for you to find us coming soon, but we'll tell you about those then, but very exciting. We have our Patreon page at patreon.com slash IACast. If you want to help support us, you can hear all of our outtakes uh, there and premium content as well, like our IA Unplugged podcast. So check that out. And you can also email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net to give us suggestions, comments, or concerns, because I'm sure you all have them. Also, if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you could use the hashtag of IACast, and uh, we will get back to you about whatever you uh, have going on or any questions or uh, just want to say hi. So uh, we have some amazing things going on. We have a lot of NFB coverage coming up, and we're very excited. So uh, this has been a great episode. It's been a long episode, but it's been a great and I want to thank everybody that's been on the stream and all of our listeners out there for listening to the podcast. And I want to thank Scott, Chelsea, Anna, and Aaliyah for being here on the podcast today. You guys have been great giving your thoughts. And we will be back next week for another episode of the IA Cast. So thank you guys so much for being here and have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.